recording. Woo! What's up, everybody? Today, we're going to be doing a Fortnite Let's Play. We're going to be drop playing Season 11 Thanos car. Where are we dropping, dude? Are we dropping dude. at Travis Scott Burger? <laughs> we're, we're dropping at Fortnite Burger Town, dude. Dropping at Fortnite Burger, okay. Good to know. Uh, so, uh, I'm Sam. I'm Adam. And today, we're going to be talking about... What are we going to be talking about? Well... Today we're going to be talking about why Palimpsest is the best. Palimpsest. Palimpsest is the Palimpest. best. No, it's Palimpsest. There's S-E-S-E-S-T. Holy shit, I've been pronouncing this wrong all Palimpsest along. by Protest the Hero. Their album is the best album of 2020, this year. hands down. We're going to be discussing why it's the best, worst, and everything in between album of this year. Um, because there's actually a surprising amount to talk about, um, that we have to discuss. But before that, uh, I guess we're going to talk about what we listened to this oh, week. Feels like, feels like my nose is bleeding right now. Not very I'm fun. So I'm so sorry for that. It's just because um, we're talking about such fire music. No, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to jump to one that is both on our list, and that is the album from... I don't well, Adam, know what list? You, what list, huh? They're... Our last FMs, okay? What we've both... been listening to. you got to introduce the segment. I did introduce this. You, you were complaining about your nose. All right. <laughs> Melee by Dogleg, Midwest emo from 2020. That is okay. This pretty is pretty good. I don't think this is Midwest emo. What do you mean it's not Mid Midwest emo, dude? Look, it has Midwest emo influence, dude. I call this. I'd call this like, I don't know, like emo influenced post hardcore. I think the only reason you think it's post hardcore is because like he screams like post hardcore. Well, it's also Midwest it's a lot faster. And to me, like yeah. Midwest Midwest emo is like like conjures a very specific vibe. I got that vibe from this album, though. Oh well, I mean, this album's definitely an emo album, but I don't think it's Midwest emo. All right, let's Whatever, go let's man. Google it. The band. I don't Dog listen to emo, but you know what? This album it's pretty good. I'm not probably gonna put it on my best of list of the year by any means. But it's definitely one to talk Ooh, about. Ooh, look, um, Melee is the debut studio album by American. Post-hardcore band, Dogleg. Well, you know what? Okay. I don't know what to tell you, alright? <laughs> Clipping is on our best of year list. I don't want to hear it. Um, anyway. Yeah, no, this album, this album slaps. I was, uh, I was reading through Stereogum's, uh, artist, new artist to look out for list this year. Because I always like to look at those things for any metal bands, because they just don't exist. And they had quite a few, like, <laughs> yeah. adjacent heavier bands, and uh, Dogleg are one of them. They play, like, a, a very melodic style of post-hardcore with a, a ton of emo influence. Um, it's really fast, it's really energetic, it's really upbeat, and it's very angsty, and it's just executed really, really well. Like, you can tell the band's super young. The album's named after Smash Bros. Melee. It's called Melee. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Some of the song titles are, like, Pokemon references. Uh, like one's called War Turtle, uh, stuff like that, and it's it's, it's like it's like post millennial in in, in, the, in that sense, and it's 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 just really well done. I I listened to the first song and I was like, oh yeah, this slaps. Uh, I've listened to it a few more times since then. It really just does slap. It's pretty good. I I definitely can throw it on the rotation. 
If I'm in, I'm, if I'm in the emo mood, this is one to go to. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like we listen to too too much of this music, but uh, no, it's a it's a really solid debut album. It might 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 get up there. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I see you've been listening to the new Doma, Sam. Oh my God! Yeah, Molcat Doma, everyone's favorite Belarusian uh, cosplayers. It's. <laughs> It's so good. It really like Mocha <laughs> Do- Domo just don't miss. Like no, their previous, the previous um, the one I can't pronounce, the hotel one is is really solid. This oh, one no. monument is also really solid, but for a little different reasons. It's a lot more uh like synth influence than their previous work, or synth wave influence. It's more it's closer to pop than post punk, but it's just handled really well. Like these guys really know their way around like the post punk veneer. You got the the awesome uh, syncopated drum beats and the loops that just go on forever. Slapping bass lines. It's just such a jam. Yeah, every track, really ja- every track jams. Like it, it, it hits this weird like nostalgia for a time you didn't live in, like neo Soviet vibe that like all the Zoomers love, and it it's just really fun. <laughs> and it's really well. I mean, I love the atmosphere that all of their stuff just sort of creates, where it just has such a. It feels so far away, but yeah, it like bangs. it's like they it's ran the whole thing through, like an an analog filter and it really works yeah yeah and like this album is just like enough of an artistic evolution from their previous work that i can enjoy it without it sounding like too samey sure i i agree i agree with that as much as i think atazi is i think better than monument i said it whoa i, mean, I, I think said it i think they're different records i think it depends on what you like and we tend to like darker sounds that is true. That is true. But if you're if you're a, a <laughs> I'm not gonna say something. But if if you if you if you're into dance music, uh, this this album definitely slaps and it, it tickles that itch without being too uh, repetitive or too trippy. Will any of these songs make it big on TikTok? Honestly, they all could. They all probably could. Yeah, I agree. All right, Adam. I... What about I see I see you've been listening to. Hokago Grind Time. Dude, Hoka okay. Hokago Grind Time is like easily the best grind record of the year. I'm what not afraid it? to say I've it. I've literally never seen this album. It's ever. it's it's grind with anime waifu snippets. That's it. That's all it is. Like the track will begin with a nice Oni chan and then it'll break into just horrific grindcore. And and the vocals on this album are like really just kind of they're gross. It, all right, you know what? Good grind album. That's all it is. Good grind album. Uh, are, yeah, all right. I mean, we're, I haven't One, seen this album cover anywhere. Where do you find it? Well. Funnily enough, I've seen this album cover before because I would at one point watching a YouTube video where I saw the album cover, and I was like, oh, okay, this is. This is a funny Tihi Grind album, but it the his first full length, I think, I think it's his first full length, just came out, and it's it's one guy, right? Um, and basically, I'm just kind of looking at the metal album. Um, he he's released a bunch of splits over the last year or so, 
and it's just sort of um grind just gore grind gotcha um it's his the name is a parody of hokago tea time which is a fictional band from the manga and anime manga oh my god manga and anime series uh k-on yeah i see that k-on amazing show for those who haven't seen it gotcha well you know what Bakusinified or Moe to the Gore is a pretty darn good album. All right, I'm and just it's... gonna listen to 30 seconds of this track and see what I yeah, get. Just like listen to one of the tracks, and it's just brutal grind for <laughs> 20 minutes. I'm sure you can picture what all the rest of these songs on the album sound like from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, grindcore's yeah. I. <laughs> I grind. It's a good thing we have like a column like grind your gears on heavy blog is heavy because like I just I don't pay any attention to grindcore. I guess it just it never really peeks its head out of like the mm-hmm. the subgenre. Yeah, no, because you have you have you have stuff like old pig destroyer and like nothing else. Yeah, well, I mean, didn't yeah Napalm Death released an album this year, right? Yeah, but even that's more like death grind, which is you know you're going more into like full of hell territory. True. Not, yeah, not I, I guess it. On, uh, grind really isn't beloved by the the larger music press. So, to recap, Hokago Grind Time, uh, and um, fuck, what's the one from last year? No one knows what the dead think. Those are your two big grind bands to watch as they come up in the next three or four years. Well, no one knows what the dead think. We're a super group that got together for one album. <laughs> yeah, but still. <laughs> just keep what, your eye what, out. What do you mean, keep your eye out? They're they might go on a tour, Sam. Shush. I don't <laughs> no, want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't hear it. Let's see. How's uh, how's a uh, virus by Haken? <laughs> virus by Haken's pretty good. What do you think of <laughs> Virus by Haken? <laughs> you know, Virus by the band Haken. Never never heard of these guys before, but uh, I think it's a good album. Yeah, I think it's good too. I don't think we need to talk too too in depth because, uh, as, uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be there. Okay, it's gonna be there. Beware. Um, uh, somewhere. Wink, wink. Sam, talk to me about your thoughts on the new Jezu. Okay, I'm gonna be real. Je- this album's so goddamn boring. So goddamn boring. Like, I can tell it's adequately executed. Like, clearly, dude knows how to write a, a drony post-indie song, whatever. But it, it's just, I, I don't find this engaging at all. Like, I feel like I, I'm listening to Planning for Burial without any of the heaviness. And any or any of, of like the well, what makes Planning for Burial so great is all the songs build, right? It's what makes Doom yeah. Gaze as a genre really cool. Right, yeah. all the songs build towards like a musical revelation. That's not necessarily right. a climax, but it's something really cool and ingenious. And all these Jezu songs are just like the they same thing anywhere. for eight minutes. They yeah. really don't go anywhere. And I maybe that's not the point, but maybe I'm coming at this with a, a prog heads notion of what indie should be. But like, well, no, even this- like post rock is built off of climaxes, and that's really close to whatever the hell Jezu was doing here. Oh, yeah, I was looking forward to this album, too, because, like, Jesse's one of those bands that everyone's like, oh, you like drone, you like metal-adjacent stuff, you'll love <laughs> Jesu. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool, I'll hop on the ball, I'm sure it'll be good, and it's just 
It's a snooze fest. I listened to this album three times, and every time I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened during it. Right. There's at one point uh, the, he uses a vocoder, and that's kind of cool, but like, <laughs> it doesn't make these tunes interesting. No, yeah, I I agree. I don't know. I'm sh- I'm sure some some sad indie boys love this, but it's just not for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what what the heck is this macabre album? A macabre, bad album. A bad album is what it is. So macabre is actually a really old band. They've been around since the '80s. Uh, and they're actually credited as being one of the, like, first real death metal bands, like, really? to make death metal a thing. Like, like, death adjacent, right? Uh-huh. And so, I, I sort of look back at their catalog, and, like, I don't know, their first album's called Gloom, like, their 2000 album is just called Dahmer, right, and it's a Jeffrey Dahmer concept album, so I was like, (laughs) okay, alright, I can get into, you know, this, right, and then I I start looking at their stuff as it comes to now, and, like, their 2003 album's called Murder Metal, their 2011 album is called Grim Scary Tales, and I'm like, okay, what's happening here? (laughs) Their 2020 release, first album in nine years... Okay, it's called Carnival of Killers. It's on Nuclear Blast, right? Big label. I I gotta say, not all the content here is bad. But the tracks like Them Dry Bones, which is just a death metal cover of Them Dry Bones, and The Wheels on the Bug is just a death metal cover of The Wheels on the Bus. Now, <laughs> believe it or not... Those do not translate well into metal, and I'd rather listen to the original Wheels on the Bus and, like, whatever the hell Them Dry Bones is from than the covers here. Um, They're just so phoned in, they're so silly, so goofy, and you know what? That might be the aesthetic, but no, it's not for me. Um, And some of the tracks, like, some of the grind tracks, grind tracks, um are like okay and some of the normal death metal tracks are all right but basically it's a death thrash album with very honed in energy and nothing interesting going on so why why did you listen to this (laughs) because it was on the because invisible oranges was like oh listen and so i listened and i was not happy with what i came out with that's why Uh, yeah i just listened to about 30 seconds of the the wheels on the bug and it's not for me it's yeah no cannot do that um oh new dark boot horizon came out yeah oh my god (laughs) i i was expecting to be like oh you know it's not around to pazuzu it's probably not that good but (laughs) i read the and then i read the amg review and i saw 4.0 and i was like yeah, all right, and so I listened to it. I've only listened to it once, but I was I was floored. <laughs> I was floored. It's like the same, like psychedelic, just coked out, super post metal. Like when I say post metal, I mean like post metal as a genre, not 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 the genre. Past metal, I should past say. Metal. Past, past the confines beyond. of metal, hyper modern metal, if you will. I gosh, I hate terminology. And it, yeah, it's the super like hyper modern school of like blending everything into a soup and just focusing on wild songwriting crazy mm-hmm. psychedelic moments and it's really great i, I mean it's i love a uh, cool. waste of space orchestra's album and this is the first time i've listened to dark boot rising in isolation but it's really just well done i think as a droner 
Yeah, no, as a droner, it it definitely works. The long song lengths um, attribute to themselves well. In fact, I think better than they did on Waste of Space Orchestra. Shots fired! Shots fired! No, no, everyone knows my, not distaste for that album, but my... When did you write about that? Um, sometime. I I don't... I don't think you've ever written about that. But anyway, if you don't know, regardless, it's coming out now. (laughs) I felt Waste of Space Orchestra was a good experiment, but the two bands didn't gel perfectly, and that made for some of the cuts being a little less memorable and a little long-winded for my liking. Now, with the Aransi Pazuzu album that came out earlier this year that is downright amazing, um, all those songs are concentrated into nice six- to eight-minute packages, which is perfect for them. Uh, And here, Dark Brood Rising is coming out with tracks that are like... 10 to 15 minutes, and you know what? They fit that style a lot better than Aronsi Pazuzu does. Um, and yeah, and no, I agree. They really know how to rate songs. Yes. You know, we, we always talk about Climax, uh, focus songwriting, mm-hmm. and uh, Dark Bird Rising definitely know what's up. It yeah. so, sort of reminds me of the Big Brave album from last year. Yes, I agree. In the sense that, like, it's very repetitive, but in a good way, and in a way that serves the song, instead of just, like, what a lesser note what a what a lesser band might just loop things for like padding out the tracks like you can tell sure. these guys know what they're doing there's a real clean eye uh towards atmosphere and towards the uh, craftsmanship here definitely one to check out i'll definitely have to listen to it more but i can totally see it squeezing its way into the list yeah um since this is running kind of long not really but i'm gonna talk about one maybe two more of what I've been listening to. The new Wait, Antzot. Adam, I, I didn't know you liked what? Father of All by Green Day so much. <laughs> no, no, it's not there. It's not there. <laughs> uh, fortunately, it's not there. That probably was on my top stair at one point when it came out, which is unfortunate. But, or on my, uh, not top stair, last FM. Um, but anyway, new Antzat. Uh, Antzat is a, a new, I think they're Dutch or German, one of the two. No, Belgian. Um, <laughs> racist, their deb- racist. Their, de- their debut um, for when for you men who gaze into the sun uh, <laughs> came out just <laughs> I know just before Halloween, um, and like it's just it's the uh, I think it's the best modern black metal album of the year. That's high with praise no, with no with no McGuire. To really, um, you know, just steal the spotlight like they always do. This album is just, I mean, I even think, I would even argue it's better than the Fluey Stirrars album. Ooh, because I, mean, I have to check it out. Check it's it out. just, it's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of corny. I won't lie. Like at the beginning of the title, <laughs> at the beginning of the title track, the guy there's like a spoken word or like video, like you know, sound segment of a guy going for you man who gaze into the sun, and then it you know breaks into the blast beats and screeches. Um, it's a little corny in that, Is that regard. A Shakespeare quote. It might be. Um, and yeah, it's a four piece, and it's really good. I totally buy it. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just. Just ripping black metal. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, CEM? Um, actually, I I did have one thing. One second, kill time because I have to look at my last FM. All right. I, well, I'll I, talk I, about I the other album that I've 
been jamming to uh, is by an Icelandic black metal band called Auden, with saying that in the worst way possible. Auden. <laughs> Auden. A-U. Funny D-N. I don't know the name for the funny D. It's Atmospheric Black Metal, uh, their fourth fourth album. Uh, no, third album. Um, Voku Dramu Sins Fangi came out also Why the did you do like a Japanese 30th. accent for the start of that? I don't know. I... <laughs> But it's Atmo Black with um, a heavy emphasis on riffage more than, like, I guess the normal song structures you get for black metal. It feels like a death metal album in composition with a black metal execution, and it's really cool. And it's really good. Um, And that one's on Season of Mist, so, I mean, they're pretty big. Um, They're they're from, um, most of their members are from Dinfari. Uh, which is a, <laughs> it's a pretty, I, I wouldn't say big Atmo Black Band, but they've been around for like 10 years. So like half of the members are former members of Dinfari. So I found, I found veteran the names. All right. What, what do you got? All right. So firstly, this is, no, this is, this is, like, this is the coldest of all takes, but wow. King Crimson has an amazing discography. Yeah. No shit. King Crimson has an amazing. All right. Well, no, anyway, the thing is. Cause like, literally, I, I'm the only album I've really given a lot of time to is their their debut, right? In right. The court. But um, uh, for my prog show, I played um their uh their third album, Lizard in Full, mm-hmm. and it's it's just phenomenal. Cause like a lot of the mid period is sort of just ignored, or not mid period. I don't know. A lot of like the early albums, like in the Wake of Poseidon, Lizard, and the stuff that would come after, don't really get talked about in like broader musical scenes. And they're just they're so phenomenal. Like Lizard in particular. Uh, has so much jazz influence and so much classical influence, and the whole thing feels like wonderfully pastoral, and it's just really good. And I need to listen to more King Crimson. I believe it's, it. Uh, and secondly, I had I listened to the entire Ariana Grande album, <laughs> Positions. Okay. Yep. And um, gosh, I don't know. I can't like I can't help but looking at the whole thing in a very cynical light because. I, I, I had to write a... Oh, I didn't have to, but I wrote a paper, a fairly <laughs> long paper, about how Ariana Grande is, like... I'm not going to use the Marxist language, but she's a member of the of the, of the the ruling class that sells the sentiment of the, the average person to other people, wrapped mm-hmm. uh, wrapped in this false guise. And, uh, wow, the album just kind of... It doesn't suck, because it's really confidently made, like, modern pop, but definitely not for me and the whole thing just feels overwhelmingly cynical to me thank you next was better i think in just terms of songwriting i miss pop ari already i i i don't i prefer pop ari to r&b you, ari i mean they're the same though not really this album like there were a few bangers in my opinion and that's <laughs> it the rest just kind of well okay i was like it's Dude, the track want... featuring doja cat is smacking I agree. That's don't good. lie. It, look, if you wanna if you wanna have fun, just look at who produced all these songs. Each song is like five to ten producers, no joke. <laughs> of course, and just track these guys' resumes because it's nuts. Like I'm convinced that like through just like this one album, you can find the entire music landscape through like one on one connections. <laughs> like I, I could probably trace one of these guys back to like I don't know Thomas Hawk of Meshuggah or something. Like, Dude, where's nuts. Steve Albini? He's got to be on there. Where's based Albini? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the messaging on the album's also really inconsistent, and because like, 
half the songs are her like oh i'm really independent and we need to do x y and z social progress and then half the other songs are just her like ignoring that i don't know it's you know what the album's already certified platinum so clearly she's doing something right right yeah clearly well (sighs) we can now move on to our main topic of palimpsest by protest the hero so for all those my sisters and brothers who need it so bad (laughs) protest the hero is uh an ontario-based progressive metalcore band uh they formed in 1999 they have put out five albums up to this point um palimpsest being the one to catch our uh i guess uh, feelers or opinions or whatever um and we both really like the records. Let's start with that. Um, I, you know, it has probably the most fun listening experience of any album this year. I can admit and agree to that statement. Um, so yeah, so uh, I, I think, uh, I think we should, uh, before before we start talking about the tough philosophical implications, mm-hmm. we should probably we should go pe- track by track, talk about the tracks, talk about why we like them. And then we can have the broader discussion. Okay, so I guess ultimately what we're trying to figure out is... Alright, we need to preface this with our main goal. Because we need to start... We have an intro. I don't think this should be anywhere on our year of end list. Because I feel like the album overall just feels so completely disjointed in any objective sense to look at. I, I'm i not saying the album's disjointed. I think the theming is great, and I think the songs flow very well. But I think overall, it's just such... It's so uncomfortable to for me to be like, this is the best album. Because I had such a negative reaction to it. At, not negative, but weirdly... I had a very weird relationship with it at first, and even as it's grown, I still don't think it's, like, a, like, a best album. Like, I don't think it's, like, I don't think it's objectively anywhere near the best album of the year. But I love it. So that's, that's the uh, turmoil. That's what we're fighting. I'm gonna ask this question later, uh, but, uh, Adam, do you think, uh, 100, do you think 1000 Gex was one of the best albums of last year? No, I don't. All right. At least you're you're consistent. Yeah, so no, I, I I'm of the I position don't. that I think Palimpsest is one of the best albums of the year, and I think the main reason is because, without a doubt, it is the most enjoyable listening experience ever. I think it checks every single list for great, every single box for great prog. It's it's incredibly catchy. It's incredibly well written, and it's one. It's where instrumental virtuosity meets songwriting proficiency, and to me, that's when prog really, really shines. And I think the like I think traditionally like if you're looking at pure like artistic merit or like whatever baggage you may associate with that term, it doesn't. It's not on the same like echelon as like Ulcerate because Ulcerate is a perfect album. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you could find like smaller flaws in Protest the Hero, but at the end of the day, it's easily my most enjoyable record, and I can justify why I love it and why I think it's immaculately crafted. And I think that's enough for that it should at least deserve a spot towards the top of the list. Because 
I've listened to it more than the other albums this year. It, it's so fun. It's so great. It scratches every single itch I want from the genre. And yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, before we go track by track, I want to preface it with some context, right? Okay, sure. So, uh, Rody Walker, vocalist of Protest the Hero, for those who don't know, uh, lost his voice on a North American tour a few years ago. Uh, he blew out his vocal cords and he was unable to sing um, <gasps> for, for a few years, which is you know, oh, obviously no. something that sucks as a, as a vocalist, as a singer, especially if it's your livelihood. And so he had to go through quite a, I guess, a laborious training process in order to get his voice back and be able to sing. I think his vocals on this record are really great, but uh, they definitely reflect sort of like a growth and a sh- the struggle associated with it. And Rocker and Walker. Walker and a, and a few interviews has sort of hit upon the point that, um, I guess t- the theming of Palimpsest, which is also important to get out of the way, Palimpsest, theming of Palimpsest, which is also important to get out of the way, is it, it takes a critical look at 20th century America and our tendency to obfuscate things we don't like in our our country's history and replace them with a a crafted narrative, right? And how this tends to erase our true histories in favor of an idealized past that never really existed. And it's a pretty cynical record, but in the cynicism, there's a, a recognition, for, to I guess, of the core of American values and how at, at, at its heart, we may or may not be a great country. And Rody Walker himself has said in a few interviews that to him, you know, it sort of parallels his... Uh, vocal cords dying and him getting them back because sure it was a horrible experience but there was a silver lining and it's always important to to look for that i guess okay good preface um uh, are we going track by track then oh yeah all right so uh track one is the migrant mother which is about the migrant mother and the great depression uh, the Migrant Mother, obviously, is a very iconic photo taken in 19... Oh, God. It might have been, like... I thought it was 1936. Later. Yeah, later. It, it, well, yeah, because it was during the Dust Bowl. Dust Bowl, right. Which also happened during the Great Depression. Um, I mean, banger. <laughs> Absolute banger. Yeah, no. Well, like, what's really great about this album is... And I think Protest the Hero as a whole is just how great these songs flow because realistically like there's a chorus there's a verse there's a bridge and there's an outro but you never know because the songs they just move at such a breakneck pace propelled by um gosh what's the what's the drummer's name i gotta look at the personnel he's good well yeah like he he just he has sick ass beats that propel the entire thing a really solid bass line and just sheer guitar wizardry and what's great about this band is they're really just willing to uh to shred their asses off, but in a way that's somehow tasteful. Like it's sure it's very garish, it's very in your face, but they're able to do it with like a, a key sense of melody that really makes the songs great. And Rody Walker is able to sit on top of that and craft really, really delectable vocal hooks and vocal passages on top of that that make that pull the whole experience together. I. I think you're right, but at the same time, this is a very jarring listen. Whether you love it or hate it, I think that this is, at least for me, unlike anything I've ever heard. 
but not in the way like you listen to something like I don't know most Mike Patton projects. Um, Neptunian is. maximalism. Neptunian maximalism. It, you know this. I kind of akin to listening to this, like listening to Devin Townsend. It's just so much different than anything else in the genre because it has its very own unique footprint. Uh, in where everything on this album is just mixed so high. You can hear absolutely everything. You can hear the drums. You can hear every note of the soloing. It's also, as you said, garish and in your face. Um, and sometimes I think it suffers from this, but I also think that overall um, it's nice to hear absolutely everything um, making its mark and just being almost hyper-pop in the way that it's just sort of pushing everything at a hundred. Yeah, totally. Like, 100%. I think, uh, I, I forget who wrote this, but, like, Protests of Here are very much, like, Queensryche, Meet Between the Buried and Me, turned up to 11. Yeah. And, like, because... That sounds about the, right. The way BT Bam writes songs is they don't really... They, uh, they mash a bunch of passages together, and, um, you know, Protests of Here do that, but they do it in a way that, that just flows a lot, lot, lot better. Like, I could sing every single lyric to this tune and, like, all the other ones in the album, and there's never a moment where it's like, oh, they really just put in, like, three prog turnarounds to get us back to the chorus. Right. It feels very natural in its progression. And, like, I think we should highlight some moments uh, we like in these songs. Because, like, sure. I mean, just, like, it's such an amazing intro because we have that that sick, uh, the palimpsest theme, like, the do 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 with the strings before it all comes out. And then the first notes on the album, like you got the did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. And then it leaves a pocket for uh, the soaring uh, opening lines. <laughs> it's just, it's so good. It's so enjoyable. And like the lyric, like a, a big issue with prog lyrics is they're either way too direct or they're either way too abstract. And it's really hard to walk a fine line. Sure. And Protest the Hero, Rody Walker and Protest the Hero managed to do both. Like, the songs are, the lyrics are so in your face, but at the same time, they're definitely waving towards a much, much, much bigger picture. Like, this song they on are. the surface level is about, like, you know, a migrant mother and how a lot of people, um, left their homes to, to work in California and, and other places and how it, that in turn, uh, hurt the people in the long run and hurt the families they abandoned. And like that's a that's a powerful sentiment, but you can bro- more broadly extend that to like the vicious like labor cycle that decimated the country in the early twentieth century, mm-hmm. and like continues to decimate our workforce today. And like that's pretty heady and like on the nose subject matter for a tune. In my original review, I credited the lyrics as probably being one of the best part of the album because of the topics they tackle. Including many stuff that I did not know. Um, but as well as the fact that, I mean, it kind of is poetic. I mean, I mean, obviously it's poetic, but you know, it does a really nice job at telling all the stories while at the same time, um, as you said, painting a bigger picture. Um, but also staying engaging, having good hooks. The hooks aren't like too bogged down in their wordiness. Like, you know, the fucking, California promised heaven, heaven we cannot deny, but I'll deny most anything. Rags of riches, gods of kings, just need to feel the wheels underneath me. That's that. It's the end. But um, like that. Regardless, all the choruses on here are so memorable. Um, and I think the lyrics help a bit. I agree. Yeah, and that's a 
no good transition into the canary this i yes, think this is the, um, the first single off the album actually first single but i do want to say quickly before we jump the one prob the big problem i still have with this album is um abrupt endings which they do all too often i feel like sometimes i feel like on a lot of tracks the band just sputters out because they don't know how to conclude well, which is fine because i don't know uh, how to conclude essays or reviews but <laughs> uh, but you know well i'd ar- an well, observation. i'd argue that no, I think that's definitely a notable thing, but I, I will say most of the time they fl- it flows perfectly into the next song, and this is definitely I one of the examples. I would think in the mid hat in the middle section where it's made to do that with your tracks like Fireside and Soliloquy, uh, into into Reverie, and even into Little Snakes, like all of those tracks do feel very nice in their literal weaving in there, um, and I think the. Co- Canary to the, from the sky is fine too, but I think that still the conclusions are pretty weak well, overall. So, uh, Adam, what's the canary about? Canary is about our our girl Amelia Earhart, and she's gonna travel across the ocean and then die. And the song is basically saying that. Well, it's saying a lot of things, but the main thing is. Uh, how I think Amelia Earhart is just another figure that, you know, we sort of attributed to sexism playing a role in uh, just jobs and society as a whole, where Amelia Earhart is another example of a woman who failed, because obviously she died when trying to cross uh, back across the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. No, I think um. There's a term for like the term backlash is is appropriate here, yeah, which is sort of like a hegemonic response to the, any gains made by a marginalized group. So Amelia Earhart, you know, in the last lines of the of the song, women will or must pay for everything when they crash or whatever. Some I think that's what they are, and uh, that's actually a quote from Earhart herself, and it goes to show you that her her defeat is remembered just as well as. Uh, all of her accomplishments, mm-hmm. which is sort of like, you know, wh- whatever the the society s- sort of taking this as an example of a uh, showing the flaws and how women aren't able to do these crazy tasks just as much as uh, proving the opposite. And wow, this track bangs. Yeah, this hard. track is hard. Like from the from the the start from the start of that, you get you just get this. Oh delicious guitar lead and then it just builds and builds and builds until we hit like a really thrashy verse and that, that just goes oh, from nowhere the thrash and... verse gets me every time with the, the, the shit spoken the, tradition the shit family. sung lead in it just i don't know man it's so bad but good it, it yeah and i like don't want to co- call it a guilty and the chorus is great i don't want to call this a guilty pleasure album but, like, a lot of the time, that is what it feels like. I feel almost bad for listening to it. Yeah, because it's so shameful. Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so... Because, like, I don't know, we spent a lot of time as, like, metal reviewers or music critics trying to find, like, you know, stuff like Wanderers of the Nine, which is <laughs> just an artistic statement, zero melody, true kvilt, right? And this album is just not that at all. It's no. unabashedly in your face and it's super poppy yeah it's con- I co- I, almost entirely focused about uh, you know around their chorus i mean that's the message they're trying to send i think is mostly in the chorus 
Um, and they have these big symphonic arrangements that accompany every single chorus to make you remember them. Yeah, it's no, smart like, by the way, and those are great. Yeah, uh, I forgot they they had a dude specifically write um, arrangements to add to these songs, and like the strings and the horns add so much, and they're not really in your face. Like like a band like Diablo Swing Orchestra, they're really cool, but sometimes the uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes the uh, the really over the top horns or strings can take away from the production and here they just sort of sit in meld with the background really add some context it's very tasteful very yeah, tasteful i there's i love the the staccato like gent breakdown of this song yeah. oh i'm no baggage and yeah and the, I, I think the chorus on this song is easily the dumbest because it, it really is oh yeah it's so straightforward but it really does work <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, I'm. You can also. I mean, it is. It was the single, so you can kind of. You can tell that you know they were trying to market to a bigger audience with this track. Yeah, um, I agree. I also. I just. I. I think we should talk about this just for later on. I think we should talk about the other two tracks that were released and why they weren't on the album. Okay. Yeah. Because they I, both I slap. <laughs> they yeah they do both slap. Um. Anyway. Are we moving on at this point? Yeah, the sure. Second we, the single. second single. This song I absolutely love. I think Adam thinks it's cringy. I do. Th- All right. I think the breakdown into the the return of the chorus is it's so cringe. Oh, it's it. so dumb. It's it's straight up like two thousand seven. Like oh my god, dude. Like it's scre- screamo. Like the I, I don't even know what you call that. Like yeah, there's I'm a more... f- he fucking bring they bring in a piano and they're playing the piano while he's singing and then everything starts to build. Oh my god, it just and then, it drives and then me he, nuts. Yeah, it's it's a very like musical theater moment where like yeah. you sing like a softer version of the court or of the line and then it builds and builds until you're <laughs> screaming out. It's like what it's like Red Hands by the Deer Hunter. It's exactly yes. what it is. It's a yes. super like late 2000s emo mo- moment. Yeah. So, so take t- my picture. <laughs> Yeah, and oh I mean, my god. This song, like really all the songs just get right right off with the, a banging guitar riff. And the bang guitar riff yeah. here is awesome and I particularly love um how the time signature changes halfway through like cuz you have the and then the drums change up the feel and it gives it a really cool like syncopated mm. feel. And this song is a pretty pretty hefty subject matter. It's a it's so Yeah. Specifically, it's about how the Hindenburg disaster, um, the, it was about how the Hindenburg itself was actually a Nazi airship, um, and it had a swastika on its, I think, on its tail. Um, no, it was uh, on the side of it. It was a blimp. It had the fucking swastika on the side. And yeah, and on its, <laughs> emblazoned, emblazoned on the rudders and plastered on the tail, right? Yeah. Except the, fr- this was totally ignored by the press at the time, and how, the, the pictures that were released sort of obfuscated this fact and sort of more broadly how images and words and coverage of certain <laughs> incidents can, <laughs> like that can uh can can uh, obfuscate the truth and uh, hide certain realities and, and our gosh, worst of just, the day is obfuscate yeah there's obfuscation by between the buried me yeah <laughs> Um, uh, we gotta look, we gotta I, hit all the prog references. 
Oh, yeah. I, I think this song does very well for itself until the halfway point where it breaks down. Because even, even, even the chorus of, like, with, um, you know, we're malleable as gold, you know, it, it breaks down very nice, like a metalcore, like a prog metalcore song should. But as soon as it just sort of fades, I just, I want it to end. I don't, Need it to come back. I love the comeback. That's one of my favorite moments on the no, album. No, I don't. The comeback is dumb. It's cringy. A picture and like, that? It, and look, it, what it builds to is good. But for that, like, minute, I'm out. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it, the thing is, like, it just it just pokes the pleasure center in my brain because, like, you get like the, the the piano, and sure, it's really cheesy, and it's over the top. But then, like, the guitars come in, everything starts building, and then suddenly, Rody's screaming at like an A six or whatever, and everything's coming back even bigger. And then, but and then you, you get like because image words are wind, but image impacts our collective memory, and then you get a reprise of the intro riff, and it's just really well written. It's really well done. I don't care if it's dumb, because it works in the context of the record, and it's a really powerful moment. Alright. Fine. Now, what about the last minute of this track that on streaming services is entitled Harborside? I don't think it's necessary. Even without, even with it being a normal part of the song, I don't think it's necessary. Oh, I think it, well, I think, so, normally I'd be like, oh, I hate interludes, whatever. But, so Adam, do you remember an album by a little known band called Liturgy? Uh, Of course I do. H-A-Q-Q? I do. New Liturgy coming out soon. Yeah, it should slap. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) not gonna make that joke, but... (laughs) Yeah, no. So, HAQQ is a is a really balls to the walls album. All the Absolutely. the straight up black metal tracks, they beat your fucking head in with just intensity and in like mm-hmm. post post black metal, um, transcendental black metal, whatever you want to call it. And something that's in interlude tracks on that album are used really well because they're sort of palate cleansers and breathers in between these moments of sheer intensity. Yeah, I understand. And I'd argue that, oh, but. I- I don't protest think do the same thing on this album. I don't think it's needed here, though. I understand it being needed on HAQQ, and I can get it a little bit coming from this one. But I have more of a problem in the second half, where it's like there's like three of them in a row, and that just kind of or yeah, no. there's two in a row. But regardless. It just it comes off so unnecessary. I just want to get I just want to get in the music. I hate intros. I hate outros. I hate interludes. Well, I, th- I think of any here kind. I think here it's good because they're they're foreshadowing and reprising melodies. I don't know, man. And also, it's I palette, don't know, man. Palette cleanser, and also it leads perfectly in to all hands, which is a slapper. Well, true. All hands is a slapper. Um, was original actually i i'd still say it's probably my favorite song on the album even if i, I don't think, think it's the best i think uh, my favorite songs either gardenias or little snakes well this one has always been my favorite birds banging skank Chorus. beat and it, i mean it's, <laughs> i just i just think the whole thing bangs no, I got like the, it's just it's such a it's such a comparatively the last two tracks it just 
I don't want to say it goes so much harder, but in traditional metal instrumentation, it's a lot more just balls to the wall, pumping, like, you have your nice little, like, almost string-imitatingly section, like, the, the guitar is playing, like, a violin part in the verse, <laughs> and then it just builds with the, uh, the, like, the tom and snare build up into the chorus. Yeah, no, they're like, this is, this is like a power stink. pop song, and it's, it's executed oh, yeah. perfectly. Like, once again, sick guitar intro, and then Rody comes in, and the, the guitars are doing a really cool, like, math rock tabbing part, like, and the whole time the drums are skanking, and yeah, that lead in, that real hook into the chorus, where the whole band, like, stops doing whatever they're doing, and just sinks for, like, two measures of, it's, it works really well, and the chorus itself is probably the most direct on the whole album. Oh, yeah. And you have the, the strings sort of marking out all the chord changes. With, duh, duh. You can tell my train is coming in. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just really great. Yeah, well, and this song is about the Great Molasses Flood, or the Boston Molassacre, which happened in 1919 <laughs> in the good New England city <laughs> of, uh, of uh, Boston, where a train exploded... In, in uh, one of their their port towns, and killed twenty one people due to molasses. I think, it's, I think it's fucking hysterical, but horrible. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so bad. And like this song is, is from the point of view as one of those people, of one of those people, and sort of talks about how I guess Americas are there are overworked and constantly dreaming of something that they can never have, and looking towards the future and thinking hey if, if these other people can do it maybe i can until they eventually die and i think it's used to ironically here because like you oh, have the yeah. juxtaposition of the oh he, the guys ex- or the the narrator's excited for their train to come in or their dream to come in and then it comes in and it's a molasses car that kills them <laughs> yeah little little t- funny touch of irony i think this song I can't complain about it. Yeah, the bridge is great too, because uh, you have like a you have the it, the soft. My dreams about to come in, and then it gets heavy, and you get Le Growls. You get Le Growl for the first time on the album. Oh. Granted, not the best part of Protest the Hero. It's funny because Rody Walker is phenomenal at doing like the the screamo like post hardcore scream, but yeah. he sucks at doing death metal growls. <laughs> It's just, it's really funny to listen to. Uh, it's like an American Idol audition where someone goes in there <laughs> and they're trying to do a death metal growl and they just can't. Um, but they air it anyway because it's funny to listen to and it, it works. Uh, it, here. it works in the context too, and like generally yeah. they use the growls to or the scream vocals to either say something really poignant or something darker than usual. And I will say the lyrics of this part are dumb because. But, uh, I don't know, it still works. Yeah, it works. It works. Um, I'll, Actually, I'll give it to this song for working. Rory Walker, he posted a sing-through of this a couple days ago on his YouTube channel. Oh, really? And, uh, I gotta watch pretty, that. It's, it's pretty good. But during the, uh, during the last part, um, the piano, our, our lewd, he sings it in a dinosaur costume. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Alright, I'm in. Um... <sighs> Okay. Well, we can move on then. To the Fireside, which is another one of the best tracks on this album. Oh, yeah. This track is so um, good. Uh, This one bangs even harder than this track bangs. Then All Hands Banged. 
Fireside yeah. just goes in. It really does. You get the scream rapping, which I love. <laughs> I don't like the scream rap. Um, the, the chorus I, c- here I could is, live without the scream rap. The chorus here is a is d- distinctly different than the rest of the album. And the the la- last like last quarter climax is really amazing. Mm-hmm. It's uh you won't miss the what? Yeah, this one's also uh, uh, just it's so fun, and I re- I really love the how wordy the uh, the scream rapping is and how how it actually works. <laughs> I don't like how <laughs> wordy it is. I feel just, it just. I don't like listening to it. It seems too jumbled and uh, no. I could live without. If you're dumb enough to witness this in seven ways of christening, you're dumb enough to listen to the water. I can't do it. It's, it's too much. Too, it's, it's a little too much. A little too much for me. Um, but the chorus I is mean, super fun, though. Yes. Um, also, this is where the hate of the Roosevelt family dynasty uh, begins on this album. <laughs> <laughs> They, uh, yeah, Rody does not hold back against, uh, that clan, as we will discuss was, later, was, but... I don't think Teddy and FDR are related. They have the same last name, what do you mean? They're like, they're, uh, they're like, uh, there has to be some relation. Alright, you can Google this, I'll explain the, so this song, The Fireside, is a reference, the name's a reference to the Fireside Chats, uh, which famously were given by FDR during the Great Depression, and helped get the country out of the... The, the depression itself and uh due to a number of social programs that you know we need more of nowadays like the new deal and whatnot but in addition also by mobilizing the country for world war ii because a large swath of the population was very very against the war until um pearl harbor until fdr sort of made this mass mobilization that got them into it and so the song is about you know how this country that's in disarray and needs a, a strong leader, needs someone to uh, push them forward. Um, and how FDR, through the military-industrial complex, was the one who did that. And the the last section of the song works really well, where he like Rhodey screams, like he he sort of it's like a salesman or like an evangelical, like giving this speech to rile up his people. Like I've got a job for every able-bodied man, munition factories, and just works really well. Um, sorry to interrupt. FDR and Theodore Roosevelt are fifth cousins, and fifth. And hold on, Eleanor Roosevelt is Theodore's niece. Okay, so they're pr- they're like they probably had met. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they grew up. They grew up. They both grew up in New York, um, Oyster Bay and Hyde Park, New York, and they were two branches of the family that interconnected with the marriage of Eleanor and Franklin Delano. Franklin De- I can't do a good FDR voice, but uh, No, I can't either. He but was a good president. You know what? Yeah, no. Uh he uh yeah, no mobilized bad war bad. War bad. <laughs> war bad. And this song war does bad. a really good like it kind of hey, reminds this idols <laughs> This is the correct way to, to be lib-based in 2020. <laughs> this no. means war. Yeah, uh, I was, I was um, going to say, like, towards the end, it really reminds me of, like, the, the Pimp and the Priest character from, a like, huge bittersweet part four sure. or five vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree. 
yeah i don't know and it's once again like what what's really cool about this album is like all the sentiments present here you can totally see in today's america like the especially some of the lines like towards the beginning like uh when they came for the crib they came for the table they came for the backs they got they came for it all like you know fear-mongering um if you're over the chorus or the start you won't miss the water till the well runs dry um it's just it's very poignant it's very very true yeah i agree um and now the worst song on the album (laughs) no i don't know i don't know i feel like i feel like soliloquy and reverie are toss-up yeah they're they're definitely (laughs) the worst tracks but they're still slappers though (laughs) yeah i mean i think they hold the energy pretty well that the fireside i guess started um because like even even like the non climaxes of these tracks are like they're pretty smacking and the the climaxes here are corny like the oh god the soliloquy one makes me cringe (laughs) but like it's great i'm the (laughs) yeah Yeah. like i like i'm take the wheel take the wheel drive away yeah i don't know it's cringe but it works, um, and I guess, see, even like this one, I feel more comfortable with this sort of climax and final, like, poppy moment than I do, like, the From the Sky one. Wow. Because it feels more based in reality for the band. It feels like that was a natural way to get from where they are, ne- like, at the beginning of the song to this crooning like oh jesus is laid out on the cross and he's being raised (laughs) on the hilltop um in that terms of sentiment but um this song is about uh well this and the next song yeah it's about babyface nelson or lester gillis yeah um basically these two tracks are uh prison system bad and for-profit prison bad and uh prison fucks people up and you should kind of like be aware of that and uh take that account to when people are trying to re-enter society so hey that's a good message (laughs) yeah Um, i I agree imagine unironically supporting prisons like adam (laughs) <laughs> don't don't say that don't say that yeah on this song um, uh once again the riffs are really solid the rhythm sections there and the i think the vocal delivery in the verses super are super fun like it's really rhythm- oh, yeah. rhythmic like, you can reach for your service pistol by the time you get in a betting that this will be it's very wordy no it's it's very genty and very wordy and it's almost like rapping but not like rapping um <laughs> roadie walker's bringing new metal it's, back it's it's completely in time with like most of the drum line or most of the drum hits like the big st- snare hits um and hey you know what even on this song uh soliloquy the death metal girls don't sound horrible they're better on this one i think oh yeah they <laughs> but yeah like the household household yeah like i think they fit better um, yeah, I, I I will say I think the the latter half of this track isn't is just isn't super, as as strong as the other. It's just like like because no. we have the so swaddle me in a native blanket, you know I can't stand being cold. I just don't think that's mm-hmm. super that that part's super interesting. It's good. It's just 
it doesn't hit the same heights. Sure. And I think, like I said, I think the ending where the I think I'm bleeding out, take the wheels, just kind of dumb. I do like the yeah, strings there, though. Very cool. Yeah. As it builds to that... Oh man, yeah, the strings sound nice. Like the fr- the 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 last you'll have to do better than that. You'll have to do better. Is, than... It's really nice. And then yeah, we get the horns leading into Reverie. Dun 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 dun. Hey, a true prog moment, jumping from track to track. Um, but yeah, this 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 one is just kind of it's just kind it just doesn't have any moments that are super duper memorable like they're memorable i think, like, I think assuming the, well, you know the truth is a great line um and has good sentiment i think that like, you I, had your big dreams and planted a scene verse is awesome yeah and, and like I, but, I think the song's just a lot more emotional than soliloquy and it has a lot bigger moments and the riffs are just a little better sure like um i'll agree the lyrics are better like the father forgive me that's like that whole part's a really good delivery, and then how it switches between aggression, how the song like sort of how there's like a very clear narrative, mm-hmm. and like the as you grow in my supposed image is is really I don't know, I just I just like the more operatic and like the more over the top delivery here, and I think it matches the sentiment, which is also about how you know the prison system is a for profit system that uh systematically see what I did there. Um, keeps people in a cycle where they have to basically go back and forth between uh, the prisons and the streets until one of them takes their lives and how uh, it definitely exploits these individuals more than it helps them. And hey, John Dillinger. Of the Dillinger Escape Plan. <laughs> of the Dillinger Escape Plan is in this song. So hey, yeah. little, nice little tie-in to <laughs> that right there. Um, but yeah, no, I think the song's good, but I also think that it suffers from being in the middle of the track list and just being one of the more forgetful ones on the record in comparison. Yeah, yeah, like it's to, still good, but the other, a lot of the other tracks just hit really, really high highs. I mean, the, I think Soliloquy and Reverie work well as a one-two punch, though, and I can see why they, yeah. they're they they're segmented this way in the track listing. And this, this song has a lot of really good lines. Like, uh, I really like the way, um, Rody tackles, like, um, generational like embrace like my legend will grow as my story gives birth to a new generation of violent offenders who worship my memory hyperbolize my splendor that's a really good line yeah yeah i don't know it's it's good it's good just not it's just not it's just not as solid as the rest but you know what is as solid as the rest oh, 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 oh. yeah no this this track is just compared to the last i would argue last three there's just there's not even a contest. Yeah, little snakes um, is just by it's it has probably my favorite musical moment of the year and the the climax uh, at the very end. Oh yeah, and if, if if you can you can leave everything out, um, and just have it be the reasoning of why we love it for that last reasoning, but like all the messaging is so on the nose. Um, oh yeah it's like, so cynical and it really hurts uh this song is about yeah. mount rushmore and sort of the things that get get miss when uh people just visit it for their family vacations and the way it's taught because we're just like oh it's a monument what whatever but you know it was a sacred uh, indian area and in order to get it uh, teddy roosevelt's administration massacred quite a lot of innocent uh native americans 
to achieve it. Told and you uh, it sort of just leans into this like really brutal like eradication of native history that you know our country and our our father our forefathers have done and achieved and has like the gosh it's just it's so bitter like the song starts with like the panned guitars like and then oh what a typical story contested sites the america uh, it's just so good um i gotta say the chorus and post chorus also are just like one of the most memorable you have some really memorable lines uh like we because the rights we have we gave to them you can take them away without giving a damn like that's like one of the if you're gonna take anything away from this album you're gonna take that away from this album you're gonna take obviously the climax away um mm-hmm. it's just it's this song is chock full of good licks a really nice yeah. driving like, drumbeat the, uh, and it, good like, lyrics the, uh, and the strings in the chorus are like almost gothic. Like the, and we can make an exception. And there's the, dun, 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 dun. and mm. there's so, like the, I don't believe the only good Indians are dead, but I believe that <laughs> nine out of 10 are like, that's an actual Teddy Roosevelt quote. And so they took, <laughs> and then they carved them into the native mountainside. Like that's a, that's a ridiculous thing. Yeah. And, it's it's crazy. It really is. And the fact that we idolize these men and sort of unquestioningly just adore them without acknowledging any of the un- the complicated history they left behind is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and like the, um, the, the ending of the song, the way it builds with like the it's your vacation, your holiday, that that really hits too because like, yeah, you know, we're, we are, we're just commodifying this Americanism and ignoring everything else behind that. And so when people go to like you know this or go to the washington monument or whatever they don't they don't you don't think about all that the complicated history you just think like oh this is a good thing right and that uh the uh, last time like the walker for really like one of the only times the album just lets his post hardcore screams rip and he goes hard as fuck and like the line that it's, sticks it's ugh. unbelievable like how just massive the whole thing feels because you have a guitar turnaround at that point um it just everything becomes massive the the all the uh the symphonic elements just drop out it's just straight i think they drop out yeah it's just straight um guitar drum and bass and it just yeah it goes it goes so hard yeah you get like some orchid level screams oh yeah it's nuts Dude, but but colonialism by all definitions is the father to a genocide. Like, oh, that's a line. That's a that's a line. That is a line. Yeah. And so, the uh, I'm I'm listening to it right now for reference, but <laughs> like the guitars are just, you know, they 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 slide up and down um just making a really nice genty but um sweepy motion and then I actually think this see on this track I feel like the abrupt ending works. Oh totally. And you got a their, like they, you got like a weird message. slap thing right before it's like of the bass yeah. boom and which is great. No literally you get some gent thumps in there before you uh before it calls it quits. And then we got another wow. interlude track. <laughs> Which also feels very unnecessary. I think, well, I think, like, this is sort of, like, the, the heaviest moment of the album. And it's a really powerful statement. And we just heard, once again, three tracks. And I, I think it works here more than the other spots to break up the flow. Sure. Um, 
I'll, if I'll give any credit to any of the interludes, it'll be that one. Because it's also been a decent time since we heard the last one. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it. Um, and we get the, the track sad... that follows. Oh, Gardenia is, is amazing. It's about a piggy or peg and whistle who committed suicide by uh, jumping off the Hollywood sign while high on meth. And this song is really, really chilling because it, it takes a lot of uh, lines from her suicide note and just has all this really disgusting sentiment of exploitation in the entertainment industry and under um, capitalism as a whole, mm-hmm. which so many Americans' it's, life have been It's destroyed. also pretty on the nose, but it doesn't... Like, there's... It, it takes the imagery of the scene and takes all the things that you necessarily wouldn't think about and brings them to light um because like i didn't know how tall the hollywood sign h was 45 feet in the air until i listened to this song now i know and now i know that that entire like three um i guess paragraph lyrical line is is about the calculation in your head about you know how how far you're gonna fall um yeah it's really it's just, sickening it's kind of and fun. like it's kind of the way, like the way roadie sort of sells it where it's like it, it's he's sort of like a in a top hat and like in front of a circus and selling it like the hapless hills of hollywood hide a half-hearted miracle and uh yeah. and gosh the penny for your thoughts quarter for the show it's you know pretty direct metaphor but it works and i, mm. I the fact that he keeps on like turning to the fact that she was a blonde is pretty brutal because she mentions this in her suicide note and the thought being that like, Oh, she's just a dumb blonde on Hollywood. She can't really have any serious issues. And realistically like that failure to acknowledge her depression is what led to her suicide. And that's, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. And the screams on this album or on this song works so well. Yeah. The, whichever way the wind blows, um, post hardcore, I mean, all the post hardcore vocals on this album is good. Um, but even the, even the, even the gross growls on the truth are like, yes, uh, the truth. Yeah. Like that's, it work. They work. Yeah. And like the, um, by the quiet and stillness of death, take from me this body. It's all I have left. Like, sure. That's emo as heck, but it works really well and it feels really powerful. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, the lyrics on this one are definitely pretty pretty brutal from even and, you know even for, in protest the hero language it's pretty brutal yeah and jesus and it's it's really haunting at the end where like it, ta- it you know takes a step back and we get a, a string interlude with floating effortlessly mm. the scent of gardenias in her hair like oh gosh that that's that's just stunning yeah speaking of that there's another interlude after this track yeah i think this interlude isn't needed but I don't know. I don't. I don't hate it because it once again it sort of gets us ready for the big finale. Which yeah, is... but we just had this. The second half of this track is an interlude, though. Like it, it takes it down enough to the point where it it's unnecessary. Because even even if you're listening to it on like a record, right, and there's ten tracks where Gardenia's is an extra forty seconds longer, like. I can't imagine. It, I think. I think. Well, I mean, I listened to the whole thing on record yesterday, right. and it it really does. It works. It works really well. It's sort of like a periphery interlude, where like like the one I always think of is the end of um, light 
which leads into a gosh what's the one yeah and it just it just works a lot better all right I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a fan of any of the interlude tracks, but that's been made apparent by now. I don't think there's much else that I can say about that. We got, we got to talk um, about the uh, the cathartic final song on the album, Rivet. Well, I think Rivet is a cool track, but I also think a little cringe. A little I agree, bit. but so I all the Protest the Heroes albums end with like a really positive message, and Rivet is this album's positive message. And it sort of looks back on all the great things America's done. Like, they built railroads. We were the leader in the world. And, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta do all the, we gotta recognize these things and come to terms with our complicated past. Mm-hmm. And this culminates in the lines, you know, no country's history is free from bullshit, but everyone just seems so effing proud. <laughs> and, yes. uh, I don't know. It just works really well. Like I, I think like the really saccharine delivery and like the major key works well. I like the, I like the the ragtime breakdown. I even think the "Let's Make America Great Again" <laughs> refrain kind of works. Okay, the ragtime breakdown is a nice one. That feels very good, um, especially with the context of the record. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it and like really I mean, nice. I think the Trump reference is a little dumb, but it works. <laughs> I mean. It's it's on the this this track is on the nose, but it has to be, um, and I think that that's fine. And I will say, like the the ending of the like the the absolute ending of the album, uh, like the the last like thirty seconds, leap with faith, fly blindly through a history gone wrong. Let the people's voices rip through your ears. I sold my kingdom for a song. I think that is so powerful. I think it encapsulates the whole thing and ends it on this like cathartic but bittersweet recognition that like. We sold their kingdom for a song. Like, I don't know. That's a really good line. And there's a lot of ways to read it. And it's, it's really chilling the way the album, like, the way that repeats before giving way to nice string lines and then resolving a chord. Finally, yeah. the chord the album starts with, they resolve it. And it's, it's nice. It works really, it works really well musically. And I think it's a great, like, bow tie on top. I agree. I think it is a good closing track um i do think it's obviously the entire thing is a little cringy but um sometimes you just gotta the accept nice, the, the cringe the nice the nice orchestration and overall i guess uplifting nature that the track brings is uh, it's fine it, i get it i understand why because you just went through almost an hour of <laughs> despondent and very anti-america uh, sentiment I can understand the want to sort of bring it up at the end. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't know, like, tw- I, 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 we, we could always talk about this, but like, you know, twenty twenty is pretty bleak, and I'm sure it's made a lot of us come to terms with certain aspects of our country that we'd rather not. And it's important, like the album says, to recognize those while also recognizing, you know, the good things we've done, and to mm-hmm. to realize that they're not mutually exclusive, and the only way we can truly move forward is by uh, living with them side by side. Right. And so that's a powerful sentiment, especially in like a time of such strife. Sure. It's funny because they're Canadian. <laughs> it is funny because they're Canadian, which I, I kind of critiqued a little baby bit in the uh, review. But I-, I mean, I think it's a dumb reason if you're trying to really like disprove the argument of palimpsest which is like, oh, they're not Americans. Oh, can they critique America? Yeah. No, that's so dumb. it's like. Gosh, yeah, no, it's it's good. 
and I don't know. It's definitely, if you couldn't tell, I mean, I mean, I love this album. I think it just works on so many levels. I think it's super enjoyable. It's super cathartic, and it's easily my favorite record of the year. But Sam, what about the B-sides, Gift Horse and the Dueling Cavalier, <gasps> released on Fabula and Suze It, uh, like a good. month or two after. They're solid. Um, I agree they're solid, but I don't think that they even compare to most of the tracks here. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, they're definitely not as a... Gosh, we're... I'm, I'm, I'm just finding the... Uh... The two. Yeah, no, I mean, I can see why they didn't include them in the album. They sound, they definitely sound like B-sides, but they're still really good. And I, I, I appreciate the decision to cut them in in favor of, like, the better tunes and making it flow better. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I off the bat, these tracks just have so much less aggression, which I think is part of the reason why they're not on the album. Because every track until Rivet is, like, really just punching, you know, bashing forward until it's climax or it's bigger refrain or whatever it may be in the track. But these tracks, they're just not angry enough. <laughs> Which <laughs> is a weird argument that is I'm having for a like a prog band. But um Yeah, I agree. They're good though. They're 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 good tracks. I I really like the the lie to me uh <laughs> refrain on yeah, yeah. Gift Horse that pervades the entire thing no i mean but, yeah they're, um, they're they're both slappers they're they're definitely good and like i lo- i don't know they're not bad it's just i see why like i see why they uh didn't make the album yeah all right well to wrap up i don't know if i can really uh, like i get i get the sentiment of like having it be a favorite record of the year and we've explained that it's a very good record in many aspects. But I don't think it's perfect. I think there's too much. I think there's too much. Too uh, Well, for me, too many interludes. I think that the flow... No, I can't, not the flow. I think that overall, the quality of song is high. It dips a little in the middle and then comes back up um, pretty high toward the end. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't see this as a perfect album. I think the wanking can get a little much on the guitars, and overall, while the rhythm section is, absolutely pulls it all together, I think that it's a little simple. And now, obviously, it's not easy to do what they're doing, but it just, like, the skanks, only skank well enough for me for like a certain extent and then they become a little tedious uh, but I mean, look i understand where you're coming from i think uh i mean we earlier you said you know it's not an objectively perfect record all the way the same way these others are but you know objectivity doesn't exist at the end of the day um i think like putting it on like this up high shows you know our personal taste more so than anything else because at the end of the day even though it's the second time I've said that, we uh, <laughs> we enjoy like I know I enjoy this record more than the others, and sure it might not be as artistically fulfilling as the others, whatever that means. Because that's a really ambiguous term that has a sure. lot of weird connotations that don't really mean much. But I think just because it's not like focus tested to to hit whatever niche appeal that we consider like 
a great critically acclaimed record to be doesn't mean you should discount it and sure i understand like it's tropey like the the vocals aren't aren't super i guess palatable to a, in a lot of senses the the wanking's a bit much and some of the lyrics are cringy but at the end of the day i really do think the some of its parts is mm. is pretty great uh, it it definitely it, it implies a, a a greater work, and I think the fact that it's so damn enjoyable. I've listened to this album like twenty five times, and every time <laughs> I I have a ton of fun. I can scream along to all the lyrics. I can enjoy the theming. I can headbang to the the sick grooves. I can learn the tunes on guitar. I think that really says something. Because, and it's the same thing with like a hundred Gex. Like, was one thousand Gex the best album of last year? No, but. I goddamn love that album. I love every track. I love every moment. It's super breezy. It's super fun. I've listened mm. to it a million times and it just works. And at the end of the day, it might not be as artistically fulfilling as whatever else, but that doesn't mean it doesn't deserve a spot on our personal list because our list shouldn't be True. a reflection of like, even though it normally is, it shouldn't be a reflection of just like taste made picks from the wider underground it should be our personal favorites and what we deem to be the best and at the end of the day what what one thinks what, what, what whatever you think to consider you know your favorite is in your mind the best even if it doesn't hold up to this abstract idea of objectivity so does that mean we have to make two separate lists because you're gonna put palimpsest at your number one spot for the year <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm willing to have a democratic discussion, but uh, I, I'm saying which it we deserves... will be having on the podcast. By the way, special yep. edition where uh, we discuss <laughs> our year end list. Uh, Look, Adam, I I know you like pale folklore by Taylor Swift. It's just po- it's just folklore. <laughs> it's just folklore. Pale folklore is a uh, Algalock album. That's an Algalock album. Um, I don't know. Where do you think... Alright. Entertain my curiosity for a minute. Would you put it above Virus by Haken? Which we briefly mentioned earlier in our show. Um, I would put it would above you, Virus. You would put it above Virus. Well, see, here's here's why I have a problem with that. Like, that record is just so much better in every way. <laughs> in, ter- in just any objective sense of the word. Well, ob- objectivity it's, it's doesn't exist. Well, I know objectivity doesn't exist. Look, that album is amazing. Virus, incredible prog record. But at the end of the day, something about Palimpsest just keeps me coming back. Keeps me bopping along to these energetic prog metalcore tunes with whiny pop punk vocals. Man, I just, I don't know. We're gonna have to. We'll just obviously we'll discuss, um, and that'll probably be the hottest topic for contention in the entire thing. Um, yeah, I don't I mean, know if I if I had the if I had to vote, I wouldn't put it anywhere near the top ten. Definitely not top five. But well, I wouldn't if I just, had it, it my way. It wouldn't. It it's wouldn't like the go same there. argument. Where do you think if you had to rank one thousand gex? Where would you put it in the rankings from last year? That's because uh, that album because is I don't infinitely know. enjoyable and achieves but that. Al- but that album also has a lot of flaws. Well, so I think I think we I, you know I don't know if I've actually said this on on air before, but the way we have to judge art is not by whatever our perceived notion of the word objectivity means. We have to judge it on whether or not it achieves the goals that it sets out to meet. Right. And. Fair. 
Palimpsest absolutely nails all the goals it sets out to meet. That's an interesting point. Definitely one that I have not thought about before. But, I mean, you're absolutely right. It does absolutely, absolutely meet what it's trying to do. That Uh, makes things tough, though. uh, That makes things tough, though. Because, like, I I mean, if we're going to judge our our overall list about that, like, where does Molecat Doma go on that list? Because, goddamn, those albums hit what they're supposed to do. It's tough. Well, it. see, look, at the end of the day, we you, you we just can't get, like, we talked about this last week. You can't get too, like, in your head about producing this idea of, like, objectivity. You just have to cater to your tastes and whatever you enjoy the most and whatever you think is the best based on a combination of your tastes and a combination of, like, the clear, I guess, artistic merit of whatever's on display. Sure. And that's why, like, a lot of, I mean, I hate to use Fantano as an example, but a lot of times Fantano will put albums he ranked lower, higher up in his list, because he just enjoyed them more. Right. And so it's a combination of albums you deem to be amazing and albums you personally love. Because at the end of the day, it is our list. It's no one else's. That is unless we Unless we enough. somehow get a, another staff writer, but uh, probably it's not going to happen. Who knows? Who knows? Um, well, with that, what's Fear Factory up to, Sam? Any, any news on Fear Factory and the boys? That that is a, that is a, dude, this is actually a spicy news week. There was a lot of ish. There's some, there's some good ish. I don't actually, Um, I actually, now for whatever reason, in my YouTube recommendations, I keep on getting Dino videos where it's like, new Fear Factory riff idea. See, 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 it knows. Google and I just this. don't care. I just don't want to know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Fear Factory. Uh, but there's a few good things. We got, okay, we got to talk. <laughs> ignoring good news, we got to talk about Stephen Carpenter's interview, dude. <laughs> okay, let's talk. Let's, let's talk. talk. All right. So um, Stephen Carpenter, right? You guys might, Steph Carpenter, you might know him as the uh, longtime guitarist for Deftones, right? So, uh, he appeared on a tinfoil hat uh, with Sam Tripoli podcast to discuss his belief in certain conspiracy theories. And he believes all of them. Now, there's nothing wrong with believing certain conspiracy theories. Hell, I believe in a few conspiracy theories myself. They're fun. You know, escapism's cool, but Steph Carpenter, my god, this dude, this dude is a flat earther. If you think, quote, and I quote, if you think you live on a spinning flying space ball, you're in a cult. He believes that we are living in a simulation. He believes that all vaccines are hoaxes. He believes that COVID is a hoax. He believes dinosaurs didn't exist. NASA faked the moon landing. 9-11 was an inside job. Like, (laughs) what the heck? Good PR stunt. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Great PR stunt. Um, I don't know, man. Like... (laughs) <laughs> what do you believe? Do you believe it? Oh, well, I mean, dude, look. Don't, I'm sure Stephen Carpenter is a cool dude. Like, he's an amazing musician. But, like, 
he's a he's a middle aged to like older white dude that's from middle California that smoked weed every day for his entire life. Right. And like not not to say not to say this is a bad thing, but he you know, he also he doesn't have a college degree. Um he he doesn't really have like have any like real like work experience outside of being in a band for thirty years. And that's totally cool. Right. But you know, if you're living in a certain bubble and you, you engage in certain activities like Tom DeLonge is a good example. Tom DeLonge is like off his rocker with the alien shit. And uh I don't know, if you're from Cali, you do a lot you do a lot of drugs and you, you really haven't had any real work experience, like totally see how like someone like Stephen Carpenter could just believe all this shit. Yeah. It's just it's wild, man. I I just Oh my god, I, don't I, I shit myself when I saw it. I lost it. I was like, is this real? Yeah, it's uh it's real. Yeah. That's it's unfortunate. What's wrong, Adam? It's He's un- just being a free thinker. Uh, you can be a free thinker all you want, and um, fucking uh, who shit um, the one of the guys in another one of his bands um, like came to his defense, which makes sense because like you're a bandmate and you kind of have to um, not Chino, <laughs> not Abe. Uh, yeah, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a Deftones <laughs> member. It was a, it was another one of the side project members who were like, I agree, and. I, I don't know, man. It's funny because you, if you want to break out of your bubble, (laughs) yeah, literally. Well, if you read a lot of like Deftones interviews and lores, like there's been a lot of internal tension in the band over the years. Like Chino and and Steph have rubbed butted heads at a lot of moments, and a lot of their works are about that. And like, like I can only imagine being in a band with a dude who like (laughs) as unironically a flat earther and vax denier and COVID denier for thirty years and dealing with that. Like uh, that must, yeah. That I feel like that's emblematic of like more than more personality traits. Yeah. I agree. Um Yeah, BT well, Bam re- recording an album though, which is great. BT Bam recording an album. Uh Converge and Mutoid Man are also in the studio or, or have music ready for studio. Um and the same thing with Mastodon. Um yeah. they came out a few days ago, and said that they have enough for two albums. Mastodon does. One of them, uh, this is this is quoting here, um, but we don't know how to choose. We need an outsider to come in and trust what we say. These are the songs, but that's probably not going to happen, so it's going to be up to us to put our big boy pants on and make a decision. Um, but there are a few different ways that we could do things, so we're just sort of debating things like, okay, so we have all these songs that kind of sound like they're all friends, they're all similar-ish, have the same vibe, more like a doomy vibe, a more doom side of Mastodon. So we like that idea, it's kind of cool, but there's also some rippers that we don't want to leave out. So <laughs> Double album time. That's that's coming from uh, that's coming from Brand Daler's mouth himself. Um, so, double album? Could be. That would be I'll cool. take it. Oh yeah, um, dude, honestly. Pa- so actually, on Mastodon, I listened to Once More Around the Sun this week. Not the worst. No, some, some not some even bangers. not the worst. Kind of slaps. Good album. Yeah, there's there's some good stuff in there. Like the Motherload's a banger. Sleep in the um, deep, dude. Ember City. Sleep in the deep. Yeah, no, there there's some. Look, we don't have to talk about a album that I can't remember the name of Hunter? because it's so un. 
forgettable. Yes, the hunter. Oh well, yeah, yeah, the hunter um, sucks. Black Tongue's the one good tune on that album. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree. I, I, I'm I'm in favor of that. Um, also, um, Poppy Christmas EP. A very <sighs> poppy Christmas. Good for her. She's churning out content, dude. Dude, human content machine. Did we talk about Doja's so performance last week? Yeah, we did. We talked about Gosh, the, 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 the They the really do just blur together. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> we can't forget about Poppy, dude, because she's going on tour with Deftones and Gojira next year. We don't know what the hell's going to happen, okay? <laughs> My God. Yeah, that, yeah. not going to lie. I'm excited for that show. Assuming. Assuming. COVID. Assuming. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. BVB are back, dude. Yeah, they're back. Actually, I listened to the song and I, I was surprised. I was like, "This isn't for me, but it's not horrible." Fair enough. Um, uh, in bad news, well, not I don't know how bad this is, but Guitar Center's uh, filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Yikes. Guitar Center like are notoriously just the worst for a number of reasons, and they just made a lot of really bad business decisions over over mm. the years, and like because. Despite the fact that, like, instrument purchases are up, like, 500% <laughs> or something <laughs> yeah. nuts this year, you know, they still went under, so I think that's on them. Actually, I just ordered a guitar from Guitar Center, like, an hour ago. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe I'll, I can go to the one in my hometown and uh, get some sick deals, but good yeah. riddance, honestly. <laughs> good riddance, yeah. No new system of a down... Sad. Shad. Uh, yeah. System of a Down basically confirmed that there is not any new music anytime soon. Uh, the singles yeah, and then the their drummer, and their drummer was though. like, the selection isn't over. <laughs> Donald Trump won. <laughs> oh, God. Team Serge, dude. Team Serge. Team Serge. Oh, my dude, did you see that? Uh, the top 40 decibel albums? No. Oh my god, I'll, I'll link it to you. Alright. Yeah, um, Decibel released their top 40 albums of the year. No description. Oh wow! Our, just the list. Oh true, it's... it. That's true, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. We could probably do an analysis... Well no, that's probably a December thing, but... That's interesting, I'm, I'm interested. Alright, well, funnily enough, the dark... Wait... All I don't right, think this right. list is good. I don't think this list is good at all. Well, all right. Well, hold on though. You got some. You got some good picks here. You got the Fawn Limbs, Svalbard, Aranti Pazuzu. Okay, Kralis, Atramentus. Okay. Look, um, no, there's there were some good picks. Don't get me wrong. Like Vile Creature, Incantation, um, Sved, and Imperial Triumphant. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Like, no, I don't agree though. I, yeah. Like, oh yeah, dude. ACDC is better than every other album this year totally yeah no i don't agree with that and the top um, 10 is just a little a little weird no the top 10 top 10 sucks because that paradise lost frankly, and that way that are not good uh yeah but i'd even say the spirit of drift isn't good either um i and think it's good the Necrot's only okay yeah and then the name i don't think i don't think i don't Nacron think Death deserves that, yeah it's a good album but uh, it's not top 10 or top 1, I guess. I'm surprised to see Vile Creature so high. Um, Vile as well Creature as Lamp or like Mirror Underground Mirror. Darlings. 
I dude, believe me, I'm on the vile creature train. That keeps climbing up my list like day after day. Dude, tell me I who I am, list, dude. It's no, I, I, if you I haven't agree. listened to if you haven't listened to Glory Glory Apathy Take Helm. Do it before no, we talk I'm, about. Dude, I'm in the same boat. I listened to it uh, a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll throw this home on see and see how I'm feeling. And then I listened to it, and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like, no, every, seriously, every it, track just it slaps. Better. It gets better and better. Like the lyrics are great, compositions are really yeah. daring. But and we're we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that when we make our list here on the show. So so stay tuned, ladies and gents. <laughs> I was gonna, um, you're right. Because honestly, I'm best not gonna. Song, end, that wasn't the end here, but I was look, just, dude, I was trying to wait up. Yeah, no. I mean, we still got to talk releases, but dude, honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pushing for Heritage by Opeth. I think that's the best album this year. Oh yeah, yeah. We got to give it to him. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, I saw anyway, you listening to Orchid this week. I've all right. I'm I'm doing the Opeth grind, Sam. I'm doing it. Good. Finally, it. I'm I'm doing it. I've I've done it before, but I'm gonna do it again with a a good mindset. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, look, I'm not gonna deny that it's amazing. All of it, like everything. It's not. I'm not gonna deny that. Yeah, honestly, um, the only like Opeth have like one bad album, and it's Heritage. And I hate to say yeah. that, but yeah. No, no so uh, dude honestly i you gotta you gotta give i'm a damnation deliverance stan so uh look we'll get there okay um, blackwater park i've been i learned all the songs on guitar super fun to play along with super well, fun there you go if only i could double bass but anyway what uh, what releases. else we got coming up let me go let me go on um dude big week okay all right well, live one, ginger one sec, album <laughs> Gosh. Stop. Um, you have new Killer Be Killed. Oh, no. Uh, you have new Tombs. You uh, have new... Apparently that's uh, good. Ilsa. Um, which is um, Crusty Death Doom. You have um, Fuck the Facts, which is Quebec Grindcore that's been around forever. That's, I listen to the singles and they're really good. Um... The Mismore Andrew Black collaboration. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Me too. Ambient. Ambient. Drone. Um, <laughs> new Dark Tranquility as well. Um, and an AMG 4. Uh, Liminal Shrouds through the False Narrows. King Gizzard um, dropping them? Are they? I knew they, I knew they'd been releasing singles, but I didn't know that they'd be. I know, it's. Dropping an album. Well, also, check. the Eternal Champion album is dropping tomorrow yep. as well. We should honestly talk about that album. Yeah, <laughs> talk about that. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's called KG. Show. It's coming out this week. New King Gizzard album. Oh wow! Well, hey, and there you go. Hecking Liturgy. No, I thought that was next week. No, bro, it's this week, bro. Oh my god. Oh my god, Friday's gonna be a good yeah, day. Yeah, Friday's gonna be a nuts t- I'm gonna have to like play Path of Exile or something to consume all this <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah, no, Friday will be a good day then if fucking yeah, Origin you know, of the Alimony. Pillars of Autumn Beguiler Split? I didn't know that either. Yeah, wow, no, next week's looking solid, Jesus. Vinter? <laughs> and uh, there's one more uh, on the highlight. Without Mercy. Okay. All right, solid week coming up. Yeah, Jesus, we have a lot to talk about. New Diamond Head, bro. 
Bro, new Pantera. <laughs> I wish. Honestly, I do wish. Like, I said it. Um, hey, let's re- hey, Pantera were never that good. Changed my mind. Well, no, I. Agree. Uh, <laughs> yikes! But here we are at the end of our show. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll be back next week. Let's do us on Spotify. Uh, wherever podcasts are, Anchor, YouTube, iTunes, iTunes, do the stuff. Um, in conclusion, Palimpsest, best album of 2020. Absolutely. Hey, our listener base is dropping, um, so you guys should listen more (laughs) to our show. Um, we're also on Podcast Addict, apparently, as I'm looking at (laughs) Do you you know what would help our listener base, Adam? Weekly reviews. Hey, you know what? That might happen because I can't talk for you, Sam, but I'm done with school after this week. So I will easily be able to crank out some reviews. Imagine cool not things. having like a month and a half left of school. That's cringe. Uh, I am done with school this week. So reviews are coming. And by the way, I just want to say this. I want to put this out there now. The year end list will be on time this year. I'm putting that's a, it on. That's a that's a big promise, Adam. That's, that's a big, a big promise, promise. But it can happen, and it will happen. We were we were we were we were poor uh, in our execution of that last. Hey, year. we got it out in time for June. We got it out in time <laughs> for June. No, that is not going to happen again. We will get it out by the end of the year because I'm at least somewhat solid around what i think i want on my list i don't know about you but it's coming i got i got some thinking now next week we're gonna we gotta talk about how microphones in 2020 is actually the best album of the year no i no well no, you can just give the same argument you gave pal obsessed so it, I, I, it I honestly think what it wants i to. think i think microphones in 2020 deserves a spot high on the list and i know you don't. it's it's on my list it is it's there I don't. I won't say where yet. Maybe but better. Maybe better than ulcer. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold. The phone. We don't know about that yet because we don't know where that's going to go on the list. So let's 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 say let's quit before we're ahead. Okay, quit while we're ahead. Yeah, we got like two weeks to brainstorm what we should actually put on this list. That's true. Uh, but anyway, this has been the PM Metal Guy podcast. I guess. Yeah, um, I'm Sam. I'm Adam. Uh, listen to us on streaming services. Tell your friends that like metal. Yeah. 